Hello. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to part two of our two-part series on Matthew Hopkins, the Witchfinder General. Um, and also Matthew Hopkins's associates who often get swept under the carpet a bit or forgotten by history. Now, last time we discovered how Matthew Hopkins made his name as a witch finder with the so-called Manningtree Witch Trials or Chelmsford Witch Trials. And this time we're going to hear a little bit more about some other cases from his career and his, let's say, inevitable downfall. We left off last time. Matthew Hopkins, John Stern, his right-hand man, had had a great successful time. Several women had been hung and they had pocketed a lovely hefty sum of money for their uh, part in this tragedy. And now they're thinking, oh, oh, what can we do next? I bet there's more of this all around East Anglia that we can winkle out a few more women to be accused of witchcraft and a few more bags of gold coin to go into our pockets. So let's pick back up find out what Matthew Hopkins and John Stern, rotters, rotters both, find out what they get up to next. roaming East Anglia. Sometimes they'd just turn up and see what they could unearth or kind of shake out. And sometimes they were called upon if people thought there was a witch in their midst. And they'd go, oh, we've heard about this this merry gang who'll come and help us. Let's call for them. And they come in and do their filthy work. Witchbusters. Do you think East Anglia was, it just happened to be there and that's where they came from and that's why East Anglia was there? I mean, there were witch trials elsewhere in the country and there were these trials in Scotland. I think it's just Stern and Hopkins were obviously incredibly good at what they were doing. They, as you say, hit on a winning formula and they this is where they were from. Maybe if they'd been able to continue for more years, they would have got further afield. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I, I think a lot of it is just to do with the fact that they were utter shits and they were willing to do this in a like completely ruthless manner. And at the time... Again, probably because of the Civil War, partly that there was a kind of general paranoia and fear. All the ingredients came together, if you like, to make a kind of a perfect uh, (laughs) pot for for this to happen where it did and when it did. A witch's brew. A crucible. Did you have to read the crucible at school? I did the crucible. No, I never got to. I I didn't read anything particularly fun at school. Read Megan Mogg. (laughs) 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 The closest to witches I was about. No we witches. did the crucible. No witches in Lane, was it? Did you? Mm. Not the most cheerful. No, no, else. not very cheerful. <laughs> no. Of mice and men. That's also not very cheerful. Flowers for Algernon. <laughs> I was doing that at school. I did that at school. <laughs> what school did you go to? Oh, well, okay. Oh, hang on. No, I was thinking of flowers in the attic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't do flowers in the attic at school. Everyone, that's one of those books that people like pass around, though. And everyone reads it. Is that, that's incestuous. Yeah. Incestuous I, hints. Not just well, hints. Uh, some, some, oh, oh, full, full incest. So I've only seen the film. I haven't read the book. Poisonous Donuts, I remember from Flowers, from Flowers in the, in the Attic. Attic. Yeah. <laughs> that's made me think. 
hidden flowers in the attic. One of the girls, the little, uh, like, she sort of goes through puberty and it's very awful. But she calls her nipples nubbins. And that that's just made me think of the teats. Yes. From <laughs> now on nubbins. in, we shall refer to them as nubbins. Oh, God. I used to love those books, those Virginia Andrews, anyway. So, horrifying. <laughs> now, the further trials followed. So they were just drumming up business all around the place. August 1645 saw the imprisonment of around 150 people in Bury St Edmunds. The result of that one was the hanging of 16 women and two men. So I guess actually of 150. That was going to be one of my questions actually, is if Hopkins and Stern, I think we must start referring to them as a combo now as they, as they, I feel Stern should, no, wait, no, I shouldn't be giving him more credit. Fuck no. him as well, actually. It's just, but did they start, did they try men as well? Because I know like some places were big on male witch trials and others there didn't really were, do it at all. I would say about 90% were women, right. but there were men. So it wasn't exclusively women. And Salem, actually, the Salem witch trials had a higher ratio of men. It had, yeah, more men were you're, involved. You're in, in Iceland, it's the exact opposite, where it's like 90% of all witch trials were men. Really? Yeah, just Iceland. Nowhere else does that. But it's, yeah, they were all men, almost all men. Oh, it's, like, are, it's like 91%. They are ahead like of that. the times, Very usually in Iceland. Yeah. And actually, in a moment, we will get to one of the, a man actually, who was a really significant figure that Hopkins persecuted. But I do want to talk about Mary Lakeland, who was the burning. Mm. And I know, Jazz, you read a bit about Mary Lakeland. I did. What can you tell us? She was the only one to get burnt. <laughs> 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 You ruined it. <laughs> do you know? Do you know why she particularly got burned? I do. I honestly, I do not. I How did it get burned? How did it get burned? <laughs> I, can, I can tell you why. So, actually, historically, witches did get burned back in the old times, and in again in Europe, a lot of the the witches were burned. And as I said, the Witchcraft Act of sixteen oh four, because it moved it into common law. Actually, can we call it a tiny step of progress? But one of the results of that was that. People were hung because that was the given method of execution the by the state at the, time. at the time, whereas the burnings were a bit more ad hoc usually. So they weren't necessarily carried out by the legal system. Yeah. Um, Vigilante just, justice. Yeah. Or mob, mob justice, rather. But it is interesting about why Mary Lakeland was burned. This was in Bury St. Edmunds in 1645. <laughs> she was burned because she had been found guilty of killing her husband via witchcraft. And this was seen as a crime of petty treason rather than just a kind of standard murder or harm to somebody. Killing your husband was actually seen as a form of petty treason and it was thus much more harshly punished. I don't know what petty treason means. I I, I do know and I only know... Because ages ago we did a poisoning episode. I was reading about a case where a servant poisoned her master and mm-hmm. her mistress. And I learned then that petty treason is basically if you're... So treason is doing something against the crown. Yeah. And petty treason is like a smaller version of that. But if you work for somebody, if you're indentured to somebody or if they kind of employ you or if you're married mm-hmm. to somebody, they're like you're better if you like, they're, your, they're a higher place in the hierarchy. So it's petty treason because it's seen as an act of betrayal against your betters rather than just, you know, I've put a spell on my neighbour and killed their child. It's actually you've dared to step out of the hierarchy and do something against somebody above you. So, yeah, so that was seen as kind of even more of a heinous crime than killing a child, the fact that she'd okay. um, been seen to kill her husband. So she was burned. Horrible. 
But yes, the sort of common perception is that witches all got burned, but actually most of them got hung. Or just, drowned. Or drowned. Yeah, or just died in, rotted in prison until yeah. they were dead. Another of the most significant victims of Hopkins during this period was John Lowe's. Do you recognise his name? I do. <laughs> he is featured heavily in yes. Witchfinder General. Yes. So John Lowe's uh, was the churchman in the Witchfinder General who's this kind of avuncular figure, isn't he? Who's then, oh no, they've all turned against him because he's seen to be Catholic sympathiser. And in the film, they turn against him because they're all Puritans and he's a Catholic, so they hate him. And that actually has some elements in truth of what actually okay. happened. I don't think he had uh, an attractive young niece, however, as in the film. Do you have evidence that he didn't have an attractive I, young I niece? I don't. I have no proof. <laughs> Show me this woodcarp. <laughs> <laughs> he was also kind of in his 80s, so he was also like an old fellow. I'm quite impressed that there are so many 80-year-olds in the story because like, the life expectancy was quite low in the 1600s it compared was. to now. And now I don't know many 80-year-olds. Actually, no, I know quite a few. Witches, really, but... you see. Witches and warlocks. But um, is that- this is this has come up before because I always feel the same, and then you read about it, and you're like, God, life expectancy was like forty. How are all these eighty year olds still around? But it was massively skewed because child mortality was very high. Oh, right, I got you. <laughs> you did get quite a lot of people living a long time, but you also got a lot of people who were dying in there. You, you, know, you either they like got to you six. did or you didn't kind of yeah. story, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You made it or you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, uh, by all accounts, a cantankerous old fellow. He wasn't very popular among his parishioners. He was seen to be really vindictive and he was known as a nonconformist and a bit of a troublemaker and unpopular with the magistrates and the political system. Nonconformist in the sense that he was still a Catholic. I don't think he was confirmed Catholic, but he he was suspected that he was had Catholic sympathies basically. And he was yeah, didn't always totally toe the line religiously either. This is where it all comes down to bonkersness. Mm. The general atmosphere of fear, paranoia, suspicion around religious issues really lent itself to witchcraft you know, suspicions, you know, they're a witch or they're a Catholic kind of became a bit amalgamated Mm. together, I think, in some cases. When Lowe's was accused of witchcraft, it was really, there were a lot of people willing to kind of pile in basically and say, yeah, this sounds about right. We've seen him do this or we think he's done this or... And they did their usual tricks. They kept him awake for nights on end and they did the running that you see in the film, yeah. run him up and down, up and down, up and down, up how, and down. How far would they run him? Because in that they just run around their big table. Just in a room. Yeah. Just round and round a room. They must be very fit as well because they have to run him to exhaustion. I know he's been tortured a bit. But there's a few of them so they can take it in turns. Ah, right, gotcha. To, you know, first Hopkins. I doubt Hopkins is doing he it actually. Running. He's there's just no at the side he's pointing. Probably just there with a fan. That side. Like just <laughs> now that's wafting himself. Now over there. And bear in mind, he's re- a really old man and they're just like making him no sleep for days on end very and then true. just making him race around the kitchen. I imagine there would be a, an element of physical fitness that would be required for that task, though. Probably John Stern's there with his little shiv. Just if he tries to slow down, just poking his bum. Is this the origins of prison shanking? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Since you've called it a shiv. <laughs> I just like to say the word shiv. I just like it as a word. Do you just use it in just general? <laughs> Whenever I can. Chris, pass me the butter shiv, I say. <laughs> and eventually, insensible from exhaustion, John Lowe's confessed as many of them did. They had a little, uh, like a trial for him in the grounds of Framlingham Old Castle and that had previously been home to staunch Catholics. So there's the suggestion that that was a kind of symbolic thing that they took him to this place associated with Catholicism to 
basically condemn him to death. Can yeah. I just add a side note to that? Sure. That only last month I was in Framlingham and uh, we swung witches? by. There were no witches, but I swung by there because that's where they filmed The Detectorist. Is it? That is where. And Aww. as we drove out the village, there was a vast field and it was full of people metal detectors, and I've never been so happy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Clapping as they went by. Oh, I feel like that's the two sides of Englishness. On one hand, Matthew Hopkins just holding a sham trial <laughs> for a poor old 80-year-old, and then on the other, just lovely detectorists. How are you with your drinks? We finished them a while ago. Oh, did you? It's because I talk so much. <laughs> Okay, we've had a wee break. I'm going to distribute the final drink. Oh, good times. This is not dissimilar to Boomer's drink. It is a porter and it is called Witch Hunt. Yes, (laughs) by Bishop Nick. From Bishop Nick Brewery, which is in Braintree in Essex. And I found this by looking for breweries in the kind of Hopkins area. I did that as well. Imagine my delight when I found this beer witch hunt. I spent a while on the internet attempting to find a beer that actually like did something like use the same recipe from the Ooh, same nice. period. Yeah, that, that, that took quite a while. Oh, and like, I, do you want the bottle opener? It just took quite a while, and I got absolutely nowhere with it. Hence, just typing in witch beer. It's a seasonal ale. Which season? Limited edition. I think it must be winter. Season of the witch. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why haven't we brought this up yet? <laughs> Has everyone seen? The, wait, which season of the witch? Are we talking Nicolas Cage or are we talking Halloween three season of the witch? <laughs> Always Halloween three. <laughs> the worst Nicolas Cage film I've seen. I think it's called Pay the Ghost. It's always on the horror channel. Not seen Pay the Ghost. It, oh, it's really very very poor. Oh no! You haven't seen Prisoners of Ghostland. I have. Oh, have you? No, I haven't. I've seen Incident <laughs> in a Ghostland. That's totally different. No, I haven't seen it. It's like watching a fever dream. It makes no sense. I don't know when it's set. I don't really know what it's about. And but- I felt angry, upset, and in- sometimes I was enjoying it. And other times <laughs> I was just... Well, yeah, I was strangely aroused. <laughs> he had random... Your bomb- nubbins were erect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's... it's, it's it- Nicolas Cage himself has said, this is the craziest film I've ever done. But that's like, not necessarily bad. But it is It was it bad. Is bad, though. Okay. Yeah. The worst Nick Cage film I've seen, I can't remember what, it's terrible because I can't remember what the name <laughs> of it is, but it's about the rapture happening. Oh, is, is it Knowing? No, no, not, it's oh. not Knowing. No, I, I, like, I quite I, like I knowing. quite like Knowing. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. No, it, I, I'll, I'll find the name of it, but it's uh, he's an airline pilot. And the rapture happens basically. And that sounds great. It's, yeah, but it's really not. They all please, sound... tell, please tell me he flies a plane into hell. They all sound great when you just hear a one-line synopsis. But it's yeah. um, it, end, it ended up being like it's based on a book, and it's a, a series of books. And I think the author's written probably about thirteen of them or something mm. of, of all these books. When I first heard about it, I thought absolutely amazing this sounds this sounds right on my street i love a good rapture yeah <laughs> rapture. But, but i think it's written by an ultra christian oh. type person so it comes from that and eventually i think book eight the second coming comes along to save everyone and sorts everything out well tries to sort everything out but nicholas yes, cage isn't the second coming do we go back to yeah yes. shall we try witch hunt yes bishop nick thank you oh mm, it's all right isn't it yeah it's quite chocolatey. Mm. That's nice. 
Well done, Bishop Nick. Well done. Very, they mm. also had another beer called Marta, which I quite like the sound of, but maybe we'll have that another time. <laughs> it has the word fuggles in the description. That's a type of hop. Is it? Mm. What a ridiculous name. It's a, a well-known hop. Is it well-known? <laughs> yeah. Well, shame on me then. Right, let's drink our witch hunt and return to the witch hunt, as it were. So, Lowe's. Lowe's we were talking about. The Sham Trial, mm. the grounds of Framlingham Castle, and... Did I say that they hung him? Did I tell you? No. Did I should that... have done that before we had the wee break. Yeah, we had a toilet break. I've forgotten what happened oh, beforehand. I've, like, all the dramatic impetus is, is gone. He got hung. Okay. <laughs> like so many before him, he was like hung. Like a picture. He was hanged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hopkins was triumphant once again. But, but Craig Cabell, in his book, sees this pursuit of Lowe's as actually the beginning of the end for Hopkins if you like, because up to this point, he'd really only targeted kind of very poor people, maybe at a push, a few lower middle class, no one who really had any power socially. Mm. But in targeting Lowe's, he had moved to a man of the church. And this was quite a drastic step, if you like. It, bit, it changed things. It's a risky manoeuvre to start going after. Essentially, you're, they're not his employers, are they? Because he's sort of employed by the government, mm. I suppose. But well, just local magistrates would call him in. But he needs the backing of the church because it's, it's a godly mission. He, Yeah, if you believe him. Yeah, exactly. They're pretending they're doing the work of God. So then to turn against people in the church is a bit risky. Questionable. I mean, that's, the, that's not necessarily the most questionable thing he's no. doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being a gig promoter. Well, it's not like being a gig promoter. But let's, let's say we're putting, let's say it putting is on like a few, that. <laughs> we're putting on a few successful gigs at the Portland. Lovely 200 capacity venue. Yeah. Successful. Let's try the junction. Oh. <laughs> oh, I've lost all my money. You've gone too far. <laughs> gone too far. Yeah, I he, went too soon. <laughs> went too soon. He overreached himself, mm. essentially, is the suggestion. So Lowe's was a man of the church, and although he wasn't a particularly popular man of the church, there were people who started to kind of take notice a bit more now. They were like, well, you know, we don't really care if some farmers get killed and some old one-legged ladies. But actually now people started to take a bit more notice, people that were a bit higher up in the church and that were a bit higher up in the kind of legal systems of the country were like, hang on, hang on now. Do you think it was a case of, hang on, you shouldn't be doing this in general, or hang on, they might be coming for us? Maybe. Wait, so wait, 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 it turns out we're not safe? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, maybe. This is, he needs to be stopped. I wonder. I'm sure that was probably part of it. And so many other people were also being hung, executed as a result of this. Like a picture hanged. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to Lowe's murder, we can call it, actually people started to sort of think maybe this isn't great. Having this duo kind of roaming the country, just deciding on a whim who they want to start persecuting. And there was really not any evidence against Lowe's particularly. There hadn't been any evidence against a lot of the people. I was going to say, I don't think there's much evidence no. against anyone. <laughs> finger pointing. Yeah. Yeah. So the tide began to turn against Matthew Hopkins and John Stern. Public opinion started to turn against them a little bit, whereas before they'd been celebrated a little bit in the, the limited press of the time. A lot of pamphlets got written in those days, Ooh, so there would be pamphlets. A scathing pamphlet. <laughs> here's, you know, here's a wood carving of Hopkins in his hat doing something outlandish or whatever. Do you think they got away with a lot of stuff for so long because of, obviously, you know, no 
Facebook or anything like that. Oh no, <laughs> like it took so long for word to, to get around, to travel. so, so yeah. they could they could cause. I mean, they I guess troubles. If you're in quick a way, to travel, then you would be able to just do hit. Especially since they split up, exactly. They can hit multiple exactly. locations, get what you can out of it, and before anyone knows what's going on. And that's part of the reason. I mean, actually, it wasn't that long. It was probably about two and a half years. Yeah. And as you say, they split up, so they caused a massive amount of devastation in a quite a short time. And it was partly because they did do this divide and conquer kind of strategy. But yes, I suppose it did take a while for news to get around and for the right people to start hearing about what was going on. And maybe the events in a small village in Essex aren't going to worry people. But once it starts getting closer to wherever you are and uh, yes, critical mass of people being hung, hanged. I've never resolved this hung, hanged question. I'm only saying because he said it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answer. It's come up before. Chris, do you know the answer? It's come up before no. and we haven't resolved it. <laughs> they say hung, drawn and quartered, don't they? Rather than hanged. Drawn yes, and they quartered. do. The pub in London is called the hang, hung, drawn and quartered. So. Is it? What's on their sign? I don't know. It sounds grisly. Yeah. It's, in, it's right next door to Tower of London. You said earlier divide and conquer, mm. which made me... Think and, and I, I think I saw earlier when I was looking up Witchfinder General. They also called it the Conqueror Worm. Was that a side name of it? Yes, you, you're do, right. Do you know why this is? They called him. No, that? but Chris is nodding. Tell uh, me, Chris, about I the worm. It was nothing other than I think that's the title of an Edgar Allan Poe short story. Oh, okay. So I think it was a title to just try and get a bit more traction. Ah, uh, okay. Ah. So was he? The, is he the worm? <laughs> That's what I mean, that, that, that it yeah. Mean anything in relation to which part of the general. Okay. Catchy. Disappointing. I thought there was more to it. Sorry. It's no layer of the white worm. <sighs> I think when I uh, write my script for uh, Matthew Hopkins in Salem, I'll call it. <laughs> what, what name are you going to give him? The Conqueror Worm. <laughs> and then a wet, giant worm comes at the end. Absolutely. It's the Tremors crossover. <laughs> Yes, give that to me now. Shut up and take my money. (laughs) So then, one of the most vocal critics of Hopkins was Reverend John Gall of Great Staunton in Cambridgeshire. And he was quite an influential figure. What part of that is amusing you? <laughs> I was about to say he's he's got some gall, <laughs> which was just so shit. Sorry, sorry, we're three drinks in. Yeah, that's the trouble. And the second drink was very strong. Yeah. And he wrote a pamphlet. Gall is bringing out the big guns. In Take that. 1646, he wrote a pamphlet entitled "Select Cases of Conscience." Touching witches and witchcrafts. And he basically denounced Hopkins and his methods as being unchristian, unsound, highly suspect, all this sort of thing. So he cast aspersions. He feels kind of right, you know. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with him. No. Um, one of the things he did say, though, as well, he, he basically um, denounced everyone that had helped Hopkins and everyone that had had made these accusations of witchcraft because he said that they were trusting in witch hunters rather than trusting in God. And that, to him, seemed a terrible, a terrible thing. I'm agreeing and disagreeing with him now. I thought you might be. Yeah, just letting God do it. Like I think we can all agree that doesn't work. No. But they're also not witches and it's fucking bollocks. Yeah. Sorry, I'm swearing. (laughs) (laughs) So John Gore was a kind of very vocal critic and he did his pamphlets, but he also spoke publicly frequently about how all these terrible injustices and Hopkins was a charlatan and even himself 
a witch. <laughs> again, again, I don't want to. Tra- <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to tread on anything. I've only got one side. paragraph left. One paragraph left. <laughs> there, there are stories in, um, that Hopkins carried a scroll with him. Are there? Yes, Ooh. a scroll, and and on the scroll had names of witches. But he would never let anyone look. He always used it as a like their just name is on here. Can sh- I look a at it? No. Thing. <laughs> no. Like how a lawyer just turns up to me and when all he's got in his briefcase is a sandwich. He's going to be pretending he's but going there to is um, there are rumours or there's a story yeah. of when once he died, somebody said they had seen the scroll and Hopkins' name was Ooh. on it. I mean that sounds absolutely I mean, maybe he made signed up. on it. Why would he, write <laughs> he, on signed, his... he signed it. Maybe, maybe just written the top Hopkins list of witches <laughs> but why would you write your own name in your own scroll i feel foolish. he already knows he's a witch yeah if he indeed was if a he witch. was that's slander ruth <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm safe <laughs> oh, we'll be sure he, might, he might have an ancestor and angry i'll tell you ruth you think you're safe put that on twitter and say what are you doing yeah <laughs> katie hopkins banned from that you're all right you're <laughs> <fine. Joker show. laughs> i'm safe so the tide began to turn partly because of john gall and his persuasive pamphlets, but also in general, other people were starting to feel a bit more confident actually in coming out publicly and saying, we think this is a load of shit, essentially. Hopkins then, he continued his hunts. Him and Stern kept going around different parts of East Anglia trying to drum up more business through early 1647, but it was drying up a bit. People were less willing to buy into the sham and they found that they weren't really earning any money. They were travelling massive distances for nothing, essentially, in the end. They're like a band who lose their popularity and have to go and like, oh, they really want you to play this Butlins in Skidness. The toilet venues. So you got to go down there and then like, oh, where's next? Oh, it's like... Edinburgh. Edinburgh. (laughs) Carlisle. (laughs) Oh, dear. And also, unfortunately for Hopkins, he had... A spell of very poor health. He started to get a lot of problems. Basically, he had consumption, which is TB, tuberculosis. So he couldn't, his breathing was very bad and he had a lot of kind of lung infections and things like that. And so these things put together, he basically was like, this is rubbish now. Packing it in, not making any money, can't breathe, no good. What else is he going to do though? Well, <laughs> he tried his hand at, at book writing because he, he retired Back to Manningtree, wrote his book, The Discovery of Witches. Obviously thought maybe a career as a after-dinner speaker beckons. I recount my escapades. Like an old sportsman. Exactly. <laughs> you just do the circuit. You know? Exactly. But he didn't have to worry for too long because he just died. Good. Well, probably for the best. Yeah, he died in August 1647. Just two years after all the hangings in... Manningtree, sorry, in Chelmsford and Manningtree, and just like two and a half years after he started the whole sorry business. Ugh. It was over. Well, it's a shame he didn't die from 14 potential accidents. <laughs> and, and then a, a gunshot. And a bullet, and a bullet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a bizarrely short life of absolute brutality and mayhem and ruthless executions. And then he died. <sighs> just 27. 27 Club, as I said. Yeah. yeah. Good riddance to him, I say. Yeah, it's probably the world is a better place without that fucking psycho in it. Although his legacy did continue because the discovery of witches in which he told of his methods and his, you know, the cases he had covered did go on to be influential and was used in, in the Salem witch trials and other witch trials as well in England and New England. So his filthy legacy continued a while longer. That's the end of Hopkins. 
Have you thoughts? Last thoughts? This is, I'm sorry about this in advance. There's one thing, this is a three beers deep question. I was surprised there was no mention of penis stealing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a very common... Oh, uh, well, th- it's lucky we, luckily we have this... Pie uh, the penis stealing were not No, they weren't off. in my notes. This luckily we, forgot, have, we have any other business now, so you yeah. can bring up penis so stealing. I, so I forgot to mention this when I was discussing like the various witchy things yes. earlier on. Penis stealing is a really big one. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's an. I should have phrased that. Are they still the whole penis, or are they talking about just the tip? Shrinking. <laughs> no, uh, bizarre. There actually t- there was one person. I think. I think one person. Who's hang who on? Are first. the witches stealing people's penises? Witches steal men's penises. But what that means, it doesn't literally mean they steal the penis. It means oh, they steal the power. They of make the them penis. impotent. Yeah, so it's basically another way. I was wondering. If, that's why I was wondering if like male impotence was going to come into I see. this because. Okay. There's a one of the more popular, like especially maybe it's maybe more of a European thing, but I'm sure I'm sure it happened in England at some points as well, where like it, men would blame women on their impotence uh. and say that they stole the power of their penis because they're a witch, yes. and then the witch would then she have to suffer. For oh, it. this sounds about bloody right. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where like <laughs> that sounds like therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. That's no, the, I haven't heard of penis. It's a really common one in um, it's Africa. It happens a lot, in apparently from something like some podcast. To listen oh, to a okay. while ago, and probably many parts of Europe as well. I think like Germany and France, maybe. Wow. Yeah, penis stealing's big in witch culture. What culture? Witch culture. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> what culture? So, Boomer's last thoughts are about penises. Jazz, any last thoughts from you? <laughs> None that are going to be coherent, but I think. I think I think something it, we've touched upon it a couple of times, but the whole thing with witch trials and everything going on that it just screams of playing on people's paranoia mm. and, and profiteering from people's paranoia, mm. basically, which is being reflective throughout the ages, and we are living it right now, yep. basically. Luckily, no one's been. Burnt, hung, hung, burnt. hanged, hung, or burnt, or tarred. Just in a social. Pu- social However, you know, people way. are people are dying. Yeah. Because of what we're we're going through at the moment, because of obviously people's paranoia and oh, sorry, I should say a people's paranoia and people playing on people's paranoia and profiteering from it mm. on however they can whether they're profiteering monetary wise or they are profiteering through just being there. And, and relevant or trying yeah. to be socially relevant to all those things. Reading about it, listening about it and watching the films, for mm. example, just screams that all the way through, you, you know. We haven't learned any lessons from well, the Witchfinder General. we have. <laughs> I think we have in this room. We three, we're so wise now. As, as, a, po- as a populace, we have not evolved a single step no. from back then. No. There's no more civil, the same problems exist and the same solutions are still being brought forward. Less pricking Less, nowadays. Uh, slightly. There's lots of pricks, though. <laughs> <A> lot of... <laughs> the prick has just changed form. <laughs> well, I think we'll draw to a close. Absolute shit, Matthew Hopkins. There we are. His miserable life, his miserable death, and his shitty legacy. Some, somehow... <laughs> Fuck you, Hopkins. Fuck you, Hopkins. <laughs> Fuck you, Hopkins. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> Thank you very much both for joining me. 
and for bringing these delicious beers. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. Oh, sorry, no, sorry. You first. <laughs> too polite. Too polite. <laughs> thank you for having me. I enjoyed it much. And I hope you <laughs> listeners, I hope you enjoyed it too. And maybe we'll be back with something a bit lighter next time. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be more brutality again. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Ooh. Ooh, aren't they awful? Those terrible witch finders. I'm glad that um, Matthew Hopkins at least got his comeuppance with an early death. I'm sure we all are glad. Thanks for listening to that. I hope you enjoyed the terrible tale of Witchfinder General. If you enjoyed the general chit chat amongst myself, Jazz and Boomer on the subject of the Witchfinder General film, what I recommend that you do is find us on Instagram, Ruth underscore is underscore stranger, because the three of us are working on a little new project. It's going to probably be a little while before we see any results of it, but I can tell you that it's based around horror films and all kinds of general nastiness and fun associated with that. Okay, see you next time.